Thanks, Chanel. He did very well, didn't he? Is it hot in here? I thought it was a bit stuffy. Can we open some windows or something? I mean, I just got out of a freezing cold bath. And so my body temperature has gone up, I think. not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> Good evening everyone, thank you for coming tonight, particularly those who have come on this special occasion to both witness and to encourage Aurora, both in her baptism and also in her Christian walk with the Lord Jesus. It's nice to see many of you. <clears throat> it's nice to see all of you. Um, and don't forget at the end of this service we have questions available. Charlie, what did you at my feet. I, well, I can bend down, but I can't get back up. Um, if you'd like to grab a copy of those, at the end of the service, what we normally do is, on a Sunday night, is we break into small groups and we discuss those sorts of questions together. You can do that over a cup or whatever. We also have the supper tonight because it's our 61st, uh, 65th um, anniversary. So happy birthday, Sunnybank District Baptist. <coughs> And I have a time limit tonight of 20 minutes, and so I don't have a clock in front of me, so I need someone, a volunteer, who's going to sing out, or... Is Riley good at it? Oh, does he? Is that okay, mate? Can you do that for me? Have you started? No. No. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we uh, can be together. Thank you for Aurora again and her love for you and testimony to your goodness in her life. Bless her and her family and her wider family and her friends who are here this night. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence and for your word and for the good that you have for us. Help us to have open hearts and minds to receive all that you desire for us. We ask and pray this in your name. Everybody said? Amen. One Another is a series that we've been doing um, in about four or five weeks through our church, and tonight is our last one. Next week we're going to start a new series, which we're going to be looking at the character of the person of Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 17 and following. Uh, he's certainly a very interesting character and a very challenging character, and we begin that next Sunday. So tonight... We finished, and Pastor Charlie did a great job this morning of finishing off. Here is a list of some of the one another's. There are 60 references, or the phrase one another, or each other, is used in the New Testament about 60 times. <clears throat> and then out of that, there are about 30-something different sorts of things, and there's a sampling of the one another things that we are to do. The most common one another command in the New Testament is love one another. And it occurs how many times? 16. What's the second most numerous command, one another command in the New Testament? Somebody said it, because if you're in the morning service, you would already know. It's greet one another. And it's not just greet one another, it's greet one another with... Tonight is the night. It's not only used four times. <clears throat> it's used five times. There they are there. 
The Apostle Paul refers to this, kiss one, uh, kiss one another, <laughs> greet one another with a holy kiss. And the bold ones are the words. But the other examples there, there are three. In fact, there are another five passages where the Apostle Paul doesn't say greet one another with a holy kiss, but it's where he greets the churches that he's writing to. He made it a habit of his life. And this command to greet one another with a holy kiss is something that is in the Scripture. And because it's mentioned five times, if God tells us something five times, then it's not something that we should easily dismiss, and some people do. Ah, it's cultural, we don't have to do that. But if God tells us five times to do this, then we need to pause and take note and to listen carefully. So it's worth examining carefully what exactly God is saying to us. Greet one another is the command. With a holy kiss is the cultural manifestation of it. Different cultures and different people greet one another in different ways, don't they? And quite often in the Bible, God gives us instructions to do something, but he doesn't tell us how. He leaves that up to us. So there is a distinction to to be made between a command, greet one another, and the cultural, the demonstration of, well, how? Well, in their culture, they used to kiss one another. And people in our world do the same too, depending on where you're from, France or Russia or Europe or different cultures, they would kiss one another either once, twice, some people greet one another three times, depending on the closeness of your relationship with them or whatever else. The Russians will grab you by both arms and pull you towards you and kiss you left, right and left again. That's pretty close to the meaning because to greet one another actually means to enfold, to hug and to kiss. Pastor Charlie and I are going to demonstrate that now. The command is greet one another. The cultural manifestation can be different. In our culture, it's quite often a handshake, isn't it? My dad, who was a reasonably quiet, reserved sort of a man, but he would demonstrate his affection for the person he was greeting by the grip that he had. My dad had big hands, and he would break your bones in your hand. He loved you that much. (laughs) That was his way of communicating affection. Outside of that, he he was affectionate with my mum, but he wasn't affectionate with really anybody else. That was him. That was his upbringing. Some people greet one another by doing this. And different heights denote different respects and levels of authority of the person they're greeting. Different people bow. And the Japanese, I'm not sure, but I think the lower they bow, the more respect it is. So there's all different sorts of ways that we can greet one another. Um, and in Australia, we have a wonderful way of greeting one another. What's that? G'day. It's a verbal, but it's powerful. Because as we talk it through tonight, then there are some things for us to know. We need to put this in some sort of a context, I think. And I wanted to, I had trouble doing this thing tonight. <clears throat> I've got to get help. I couldn't put any Bible verses up, so I'm just going to race through the passage, give it the context, and then make some pers- uh, personal and church applications to it. Romans chapter 16 is a a chapter filled with names, over 30 names. And often when we read through the Bible, there are various chapters like this, be it a genealogy or be it a census or whatever. We often go, oh, that's boring, and we just jump over it. But for those who pause and study it, read it carefully and take note of what's in there, occasionally you'll find, often perhaps, you'll you'll find some treasure, you'll find some absolute gems. This chapter is no different. 
It's absolutely wonderful when you start probing below the surface. In verse 1, I can't put these up. <coughs> uh, don't worry about it, Jeff. In verse 1, there's reference to a lady who is called Phoebe. She's the carrier of the letter. And Paul calls her a deacon of the church in Sancria. What's amazing about that is that she's a female, but she's given a male title. Diakonon, diakonos, is masculine. So he's saying to the church, this lady is an official deacon. She is somebody of repute. Receive her and give her a welcome as someone worthy in the Lord, he goes on to say. Uh, you probe on further on, we'll find um, in verse 5, Eponidas. He's the first guy who got converted in the province of Asia. Verse 7, there's Andronicus and Junia. Andronicus is the guy who introduced coffee to the Mediterranean. No, he didn't. I put that in. Junior is a female name, and what's amazing about both of those is it says they are outstanding among the apostles. Were they husband and wife? Some think they were, but outstanding among the apostles. Thanks, Jeff, for doing that. If you jump down to verse 10, there's a household of Astabulus. Chanel did a really wonderful job in reading these names. Aristobulus is the brother of King Agrippa. He's the great-grandson of Herod the Great. You know the guy who killed the babies? His great-grandson becomes a follower of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And now he's obviously in Rome and Paul greets him. <clears throat> in verse 11, there's a guy called Narcissus. Who would call their child Narcissus? Narcissus was an amazing. He was a rich and powerful person who had influence with the emperor and in fact ended up being the secretary to Emperor Claudius. Rufus, which was the name of my very first pet. Greek Rufus and his mum, who's been a mum to me also. He's the son of Simon of Cyrene. Who's Simon of Cyrene? He's the guy when Jesus was carrying his cross that Jesus stumbled and dropped it and the Romans grabbed him, Simon, and made him carry the cross. This is Simon's son, Rufus, living in Rome. Verse 14, there's a whole list of names. Uh, used mainly by slaves. Verse 22 is fantastic. It's tertius. I ter Paul's giving it, rattling off all these names. He obviously either had a prayer diary or an amazing memory. He had a lot of memory for a lot of personal names. He was a guy who connected with relationships over the years, wrote letters and so on. And you have to remember, Paul's never been to Rome. But he knows these people are in Rome. He kept, kept up to date. It's a great model for us. Well, I, Tertius, in the midst of all of this, says, I, Tertius, who write this letter, also send my greetings. And there's an insight into what Paul did. He would dictate his letters, and somebody else would actually be taking notes and writing them down for him. And then there's verse 23, Erastus, and that'll do. Um, he's the city director of public works. What does all of this mean? Well, like it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, that in Christ we are all one. There is neither male nor female, slave or free, or, or um, Jew or Gentile. The apostle, we're all equal before the Lord Jesus, and we're all valuable. And that's what the Apostle Paul does here. Regardless of male or female, Asian or Roman, Jew or Gentile, slave or aristocrat, the first convert in Asia joined with one of the heroes of the gospel story. They're all together, and he greets all of them. And that's what the command is. Greet one another whether it's with a kiss or a hug or a punch or a slap or a high five or however you do it. There are these three things to note when it comes to greeting one another. 
See, take note of. Observe. Say something. G'day. Hi. Hello. Haven't met you before. Met a person this morning. I hadn't met him before, but I went up to him and I said, Hi, my name's Daryl. And he said, Yeah, I know. But he didn't tell me his name. The blighter. <coughs> the Lord bless him. And, uh. <laughs> so I said to him, What's your name? And he told me. I mean, he wasn't a criminal or anything. But sometimes you, you need to do that. Most people, when you say, Hi, my name's Daryl, they'll tell you, Oh, yeah, hi, I'm, my name's Rhonda, or whatever your name happens to be. So see them, say something, and often touch. That's where I think this verse that Paul uses is greet one another with a holy kiss. Do something physical. Do something, a gesture. It's not just a say something. <clears throat> Though often you can be in a context where that's all you can do. But if you get a chance to really greet one another, see them, look them in the eye, say it. I don't know if you have a standard set of you know, statements and things that you go through. But whatever you do, this is where I think the command that Paul is writing to these churches, they were already kissing one another. That's how their formal greeting and their culture. So they insert a word. Greet one another with a holy kiss. What's the difference between a holy kiss and a kiss? About 35 seconds. No, that's not true. <laughs> Your mouth is rather sensitive and important. And the Bible teaches us that out of the mouth, the heart is revealed. So when you greet someone with what you say, don't just go on automatic and routine and surfacy. It's polite and that's okay. That's acceptable. But this command is saying, no, no, go a step further. Let it be real. Let it come from the heart. That when you say to someone, nice to see you, nice to meet you, I'm glad you came, mean it. And if you don't mean it, well, don't say it. Just say, g'day, and move on. There's some sort of physical gesture to be attached, and we'll come back and talk about that. Who do we greet? Well, before I get to that, I spoke to um, a preacher's wife this week, and I asked her what she thought about this greeting one another. Uh, she's the woman who lives with me, and she, well, I'm a preacher, and she's my wife, and so therefore she's a preacher's wife. <clears throat> I said, sweetheart, what do you think about this greet one another? To which she says this, and I quote, put your seatbelts on, everybody. It doesn't cost anything to smile and say hi. There. She didn't say it like that, but it's true, isn't it? It doesn't cost anything to smile and to say hello. You ever been standing there and someone you know walks past you but they don't say anything? How do you feel? You f <laughs> Just calm down, Riley, we'll get there. You feel slighted, you feel hurt. Rhonda says, everyone can do it and they should do it. It's not that hard. Good morning, good evening, goodbye. If you know my wife, that's about the frequency with which you'll say it. Good morning, good evening, goodbye. It acknowledges people. Here is a great insight that Rhonda had. When you greet someone, you're actually saying, I see you, I value you, I welcome you, and I accept you. That's when it's coming from the heart. 
So look around, make eye contact. If you see someone standing by themselves, particularly tonight, there's a lot of people here who are not normally here, and so it's not part of the normal congregation. If you're visiting tonight, then please don't sit back and test us by saying, well, I went to that church and nobody spoke to me. The best greeting I've ever had was in a church. And I went to it on a Sunday night. I must have been greeted, I don't know, half a dozen, nine times from the door to my chair. Good evening, great to see you. Thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. And I sat down and I went, wow, that's incredible. So I sat there at the end because it was the first timer and I was um, just checking them out. And guess what happened then? Not one person came and spoke to me. Not one. So what happened to the great welcome at the beginning? Well, it's only the beginning. Don't drop the ball at the end. You've got to follow through. And so that church that gave me the greatest welcome that I've ever experienced, in my memory, also ended up getting the lowest score, you know, the lowest points. Rhonda goes on, who should do it? Well, the welcomers at the door should certainly do it. We're different. Some people are very open and gregarious and that's fine and you should do it because you find it easy. But even if you don't find it easy, then you're not let off. Everyone should do it. Everyone should say, g'day, hello. I asked her a question, what if I feel flat or depressed and I don't feel like greeting anyone? Here is my darling wife's very sensitive, empathetic answer, suck it up. <laughs> Get over yourself and focus on others. She's not one to mince words, my wife, as I can well attest on numerous occasions. Who do you greet? Well, you greet the people you know. You greet the people you like. You greet the people you want to know. Is that it? No. You greet everyone. And I don't mean this. Hello, 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 hello. I don't mean do a lap. I mean, within reasonable distance of where you are. You're not going to get to talk to everybody, but to those who are near you, greet them. And sometimes all you can do is give a look. A look, a word, and a touch. Here are the seven rules, seven steps. Here's what I want you to do tonight. And to obey this command, make eye contact. Look them in the face. Smile. Shake hands, fist bump. Touch the upper arm or... Whatever, you, whatever physical expression you would like to do. And say something. Hi, my name is... If it's the first time you've met them, get their name, repeat their name, spell their name in your mind and use their name in a sentence so you can remember their name. That helps. Introduce them to somebody else. And then finally, can I help you? And if the answer to that is no, you can't help me, then maybe you can get them to help you do something. Can you help me take the garbage out tonight? <laughs> I'm a first time here. Welcome. <laughs> a look, a smile, a nod, and a touch. A look, a word, and a touch. Rick Warren taught that, and I've never forgotten it. My time's nearly gone. <clears throat> Just by looking at somebody and smiling, you've seen them, you've acknowledged them. That's a greeting. A word. Hi. Nice to see you. Glad you came. Involved in a conversation, a word, and a touch. And you'll see me do it, I do it all the time, is if I walk up the aisle, then I will often touch people. Touch them on the shoulder, or if I know them really well, and particularly if they're a bloke, I'll punch them in the arm. And if I really like them, I punch them really hard. <laughs> Adam does that. Mm. He likes me a lot. <laughs> a look, a word, a touch. It's easy, isn't it? 
It's not rocket science. Don't ignore one another, love one another, care for one another. And here are the four reasons why we should do it, and I'm nearly finished. If we greet one another, it blesses us. There is a boomerang effect. If the love and affection you feel for this other person you're greeting and reaching out to, if you know them, for instance, and you're genuinely glad to see them, and then a nice warm welcome has a boomerang effect upon you that the love you have in your heart not only encapsulates them, but it comes back on you. Your relationship deepens. Uh, secondly, it blesses them. It boosts the joy level that they have. It's nice to be greeted warmly and nicely, to be recognised. It pleases God. He welcomes us and he wants us, his people, to be welcoming others. And then finally, it could bless the church. Max Licardo tells a story in his book on this, Greet One Another, about a person who visited a church and the church was so friendly. He was so impressed with it. He was from the, uh, the other side of the United States. He returned home. But then he sent the church a check with a note that said, I so deeply appreciated coming to your church and you were so welcoming, so accepting, so friendly. And he gave him a cheque for $178,000. So for goodness sake, greet everybody. <laughs> Let's chat. How about we chat to God? Um, and then you can chat with one another. And be... Let's chat to God and then I'll take the next step. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a welcoming, accepting being. In fact, you chase us, you pursue us, you sent Jesus. And now the way is open for us not only to find a welcome in your presence, but also, Lord, you desire and require us to be welcoming and greeting of those who come amongst us. Could you help us to do that and to do it well and to do it better, that we might reflect you and your love to one another? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go and have supper and before you get your questions, Aurora, where are you? Sweetheart, come and stand down here. And then I'd like Pastor Charlie, and if you're an elder, then for you to come. And if you're a close friend, if you're a family member, or if you'd like to be involved in blessing this young lady, then come and stand next to her. That'd be nice. Before you leave tonight, everybody has to hug Aurora. <laughs> wow. And for those who are not interested in blessing this young girl, <laughs> maybe you'd like to stand and we can pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we bow in your presence, rejoicing with this gift of new life with Aurora. Thank you, Lord, that she loves you. Thank you um, for her testimony. Thank you for her parents, for her siblings, for her wider family. Thank you, Lord, for her friends. And I pray you would fill her with your spirit. Use her as your servant in all of those relationships at school. And eventually, Lord, probably university and then work and then into the world. What are you going to do, Lord, with this lovely lady? We commit her to you and ask your blessing upon her. And everybody said? Amen. If you love Aurora, you have to hug her. <laughs> We're going to go and have supper. <laughs>